This podcast does not provide medical nor legal advice. Please listen to the complete disclosure at the end of the recording. Hello, possums, and welcome to Everyone Dies, the podcast where we talk about serious illness, dying, death, and bereavement. I'm Marianne Matzo, a nurse practitioner, and I use my experience from working as a nurse for 45 years to help answer your questions about what happens at the end of life. And I'm Charlie Navarrete, an actor in New York City, here to remind you that it's not about whether you will die, but how do you want people to deal with your demise when you can't? Let them know before you can't speak for yourself. Plan ahead. Write it down. <laughs> so please relax. Get yourself something to eat and drink. It's important to stay hydrated and nourished. And thank you for spending the next hour with Charlie and me as we talk about our attitude toward aging. In the first half, Charlie has a story about the digital fragments left behind after death and our recipe of the week. In the second half, we'll explore the fact that many people find growing old distressing and what to do about it. And in our third half, Charlie has a reading about aging as a gift. So how are you, Charles? Um, fine. I, I can't complain. I, I still do, but I, what's the point? How about you? It's like, what's it all about? Healthy. Healthy. Okay. Charlie. So, are we having cake? Well, in... Who was uh, it that said, let them eat cake? I'm sorry, what? Marie Antoinette. Who was, who yes. was the historical person who said, Marie let them Antoinette. eat cake? Yes. Yes. You know, I could do that. If they had cake, it would have been really great. I imagine it would have been. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. In keeping with our theme of celebrating age, our recipe of the week is cake. Why not take a birthday cake to your next funeral lunch? Maybe it is time to not only post on Instagram or Facebook how old a loved one would be if they had lived, but also memorialize their death with cake. Cake goes with any type of gathering, in my humble opinion. And you know, we love celebrity recipes. So this week we have the Elvis Presley cake. Thank you, baby. Legend has it that Elvis Presley's favorite cake was an ultra-moist and flavorful pineapple and pecan cake with cream cheese frosting that Elvis's grandmother used to make for him at his request whenever he came to visit. Take it to your next funeral lunch as a remembrance of that the deceased has left the earth. Oh, that's right. Last week, we talked about Hannah Ingberg's article in the New York Times about the digital fragments left behind. This week's memory is from a woman whose husband died at age 73. I had no recording of Jeff's voice after he died. Then I stumbled upon a video of him riding his bike to our local YMCA and sharing why exercise and his friends there were important to him in his deep, gentle, kind voice. I smiled at the t-shirt he had on, a cartoon of a dog with drinking glasses and the words, I make poor decisions. We were together for almost 30 years. I had two prior marriages that were not the best, so meeting Jeff was like meeting my soulmate. Every day was fun. He had contracted Cushing's disease eight years before, and it had a debilitating effect on his body and muscles and all kinds of stuff. He decided he would sign up for the local YMCA, and he became a regular, riding his bike five days a week to his class. 
they made the video as part of a fundraising campaign many years ago, and I hadn't thought about it in so long. He was in remission and doing so well, and then suddenly he wasn't. After seven weeks in hospice care, he died. He died at home, and it was just so busy. About a month after he died, someone asked me if I had saved any of his voicemails, and I had been so preoccupied that I didn't even think about it. I got all the photos, but I had never thought about capturing his voice. I ran into the head of the YMCA down at the grocery store, and I asked her if by any chance they had any video of Jeff talking. She said, sure, we have that video from the campaign. And I just burst into tears. Mm. Yeah. Please go to our webpage for the recipe for Elvis Presley cake and additional resources for this program, especially Mariette's expertise on the path to death. Your tax-deductible donations are always welcome so that we can continue to offer you quality programming. Thank you in advance for making your donation to everyonedies.org. That's www.every, the number one, dies.org. Marianne? Thanks, Charlie. You know, I've heard so many people complain about how old they are and treat their birthday as a betrayal of some sort. My standard answer to those statements is that growing old beats the alternative. I frequently get kind of a funny look as they process what I mean by that. After all, if we're not growing older, we're dead. How many people wish for the opportunity to have their years stretch out in front of them in a, in a seemingly endless road? Except the road does have an end. Everyone dies, and there's nothing that we can do to stop that from happening. The Dalai Lama has said, Man surprises me most about humanity because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present, the result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if, as if he's never going to die, and then dies having never really lived. Thinking about mortality doesn't have to be morbid. It can help you reflect on meaning. Remember that life is finite, gives us perspective. When we look at its temporary nature, we have a greater resolve to live in the now. We appreciate what we have and love life, even if life hasn't always been kind to us. You know, we end each of our shows with a line that every day is a gift. It's another way of saying that we live like we are dying. My nursing career focused on taking care of people with serious illness. One thing I know for sure is that when people presume to be healthy, they have a very cavalier view of life and living. Our mind tricks us into believing that we are immortal and that dying is not a part of the life plan, except that it is. If we get a diagnosis that's going to be the result of our death, or we think it is because we really don't know, suddenly life and death hold a different meaning. Life becomes more precious, and many people describe the reaction as having their eyes opened. There's a song by Tim McGraw that came from the situation. It was written by Tim Nichols and Craig Weinstein, and it's about a friend who received a medical misdiagnosis regarding a form of lung cancer. 
Wiseman and Nichols began discussing how family members and friends who learned of a serious illness seemed to develop a new perspective on life. They decided to write a song based on the concept, hoping that it might inspire someone in such a situation. In Out of the Darkness by Steve Taylor, he tells stories of more than 30 people who have undergone permanent spiritual awakening after intense trauma and turmoil in their lives. He wrote that the people he interviewed described a new ability to live in the present. Facing death had taught them that the future and the past are unimportant, and that life only ever takes place in the present moment. They have developed a much more appreciative attitude, a sense of gratitude for aspects of their life that they had taken for granted before. They were grateful for their friends and family, grateful just to be alive, grateful to be able to perceive and experience the world around them. The world had also become a more real place to them. Things that they had never paid attention to before became strikingly vivid and beautiful. Worries and anxieties about what had oppressed them before, for example, worries about being liked by other people, about not being successful in their career, or about past events which had made them feel embarrassed, no longer seemed important. There was a sense of letting go, of releasing themselves from fear, from ambitions, from attachments to material goods or status. Worrying about the future or regretting about the past is just a waste of time. Of course, we can't all be threatened with imminent death, but it probably takes that to knock a little bit of sense into our heads. It makes you feel alive. Just walking down the street, you really feel alive. Every little thing you see, every cold breeze against your face, every brick in the road, you think, I'm alive. I'm alive. So why does not... Awareness of death have a positive effect on some people and not on others. To a great extent, it depends on the intensity of the counter with our mortality. Anxiety usually occurs when we're passively aware of death, thinking about it in a vague way rather than facing up to it. There's certainly an important difference between being aware of death as a concept and being confronted with the reality of it and being forced to deal with it in its appending prospect. When we face up to death actively and directly, there's a chance that we'll rise above anxiety and insecurity and experience its transformational perspective. An attitude of acceptance is important too. If we resist death, fight against its if we resist death, fight against its inevitability, refuse to let go of our lives, and feel bitterness about all the things that we're going to lose and leave behind then we're much less likely to experience the potentially positive effects. Most importantly, however, it should be possible for us to harness the transformational effect of death without undergoing the process of dying. It's important for us to make conscious effort to remind ourselves of our own mortality. We should spend a few minutes of every day thinking about our own death, contemplating the fact that we're only on this planet for a certain amount of time, and that death could occur at any moment. Now, this might be morbid to some people, but it's really only a question of facing up to reality. Ultimately, we're all in the same position as a cancer patient who's been told there's only a certain amount of time left to live. It's just that we don't know how much time we have left. And it's likely that most of us have more time than the cancer patient. Death is always present, 
and its transformational power is always accessible to us, so long as we're courageous enough to face it. Becoming aware of our own mortality can be liberating and an awakening experience, which can, strangely enough, it might seem, encourage us to live authentically and fully for the first time. So how do you live like you're dying? First is to acknowledge that death is a part of our life story that will not be avoided. Then do things that you've never done before. Tell someone you love them before it's too late. Visit an old friend. Write that book. Get a pet. Help your neighbor. Choose to speak words of kindness, then react in anger. Love yourself. When you live in this way, life becomes clearer. Stop holding on to the past or things that do not serve you. Set yourself free to live the life that you want. Give yourself permission to do the things that you most want to do. Take risks. Chase the things that matter most. Give back. Stand for what you believe in. Make a difference because this is the one life you have. So do something great with your time. There's an urgency towards living your dreams and finding your direction when you acknowledge that you're going to die one day. When you decide to go for what you want, you stop fearing failure or even death. You live an authentic life. We know that life can be unfair, but the goal is to find the beauty in it. Seeing beauty doesn't mean walking away from suffering or the unpleasant. Seeing the beauty in life is about facing what is and doing what you can to make it better. If you can't find good in a situation, be the good. When you open your eyes to the beauty around you, you not only learn how to live, but find what to live for. So when it's your birthday, don't complain about getting old. Celebrate another trip around the sun because you never know how many more you have left. Every birthday is a blessing, no matter how old you are. And it's certainly better than the alternative. Nice. Any thoughts about that, Charith? No. It's very nice. Yeah, death, you know, death. I mean, death is around. Just, you just can't live in it. Yeah. I like that. Well, I think also you can't let yourself die when a loved one dies. I see a lot on social media mm -hmm. of people who've experienced a you know, significant death and they talk about how they just want to die, that they want to join right, the, deceased. the deceased. Yeah. And I can appreciate, I can appreciate that feeling and that I think there's, there's a time to kind of be in that space, but you haven't died. You are still alive. And so I, we need to continue to live, you know? Yeah, I know with, yeah, and, and I know with, uh, you know, to your point, I mean, there's some people who just find that very difficult in some cases almost impossible um I, I keep thinking of you know you know the actress carrie fisher when she died and you know her mom debbie reynolds was it the next day 
no more than a day and a half later, she died. Right. Um, I know, you know, they were very close, but it just seemed, um, you know, different things I was reading that she, I guess, Debbie Reynolds could just could not imagine life without her daughter. Um, yeah. Okay. So uh, what I'm about to read is, uh, is a Facebook post uh, whose author is unknown. Old age, I decided, is a gift. I am now probably for the first time in my life the person I have always wanted to be. Um, not my body. I sometimes despair over my body, the wrinkles, the baggy eyes, and the sagging butt. And often I am taken aback by that old person that lives in my mirror. But I don't agonize over those things for long. I would never trade my amazing friends, my wonderful life, my loving family for less gray hair or a flatter belly. As I've aged, I've become more kind to myself and less critical of myself. I've become my own friend. I don't chide myself for eating that extra cookie or for not making my bed or for buying that silly cement gecko that I didn't need, but look so avant-garde on my patio. I am entitled to overeat, to be messy, to be extravagant. I've seen too many dear friends leave this world too soon, before they understood the great freedom that comes with aging. Whose business is it if I choose to read until 4 a.m. and sleep until noon? I will dance with myself to those wonderful tunes of the 50s and 60s, and if I at the same time wish to weep over a lost love, I will. I will walk the beach in a swimsuit that is stretched over a bulging body and will dive into the waves with abandon if I choose to, despite the pitying glances from the bikini set. Hey, they too will get old. But I am sometimes forgetful. But there again, some of life is just as well forgotten, and I eventually remember the important things. Sure, over the years, my heart has been broken. How can your heart not break when you lose a loved one? Or when a child suffers? Or when a beloved pet gets hit by a car? But broken hearts are what gives us strength and understanding and compassion. A heart never broken is pristine and sterile and will never know the joy of being imperfect. I am so blessed to have lived long enough to have my hair turn gray and to have my youthful laughs be forever etched into deep grooves on my face. So many have never laughed and so many have died before their hair could turn silver. I can say no and mean it. I can say yes and mean it. As you get older, it's easier to be positive. You care less about what other people think. I don't question myself anymore. I've earned the right to be wrong. So to answer your question, I like being old. It has set me free. I like the person I have become. I'm not going to live forever, but while I'm still here, I will not waste time lamenting what could have been or worrying about what will be. And I shall eat dessert every single day. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to eat cake every day. Let them eat cake. Yeah. 
Please stay tuned for the continuing saga of Everyone Dies, and thank you for listening. This is Charlie Navarrete, and from anthropologist Ashley Montague, the idea is to die young as late as possible. And I'm Marianne Matzo, and we'll see you next week. Remember, eat cake, and every day is a gift. This podcast does not provide medical advice. All discussion on this podcast, such as treatments, dosages, outcomes, charts, patient profiles, advice, messages, and any other discussion are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your primary care practitioner or other qualified health providers with any questions that you may have regarding your health. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard from this podcast. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor or 911 immediately. Everyone Dies does not recommend or endorse any specific tests, practitioners, products, procedures, opinions, or other information that may be mentioned in this podcast. Reliance on any information provided in this podcast by persons appearing on this podcast at the invitation of Everyone Dies or by other members is solely at your own risk.